Welcome to the Rough Places into Level Ground podcast, where we'll be studying various scriptures and their application to our lives. And as we come to God's Word, He promises to lead us in ways we do not know, in paths that we have not known, and to turn our darkness into light and rough places into level ground. Welcome to today's study. I'm Jackie Burns, and I'll be your host. And I behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. These are the words God spoke to his prophet Jeremiah. God assured him he would accomplish all God had set out for him to do. And God's words are just as true and a comfort for each of us today. We can rest in God's promise that despite our circumstances, we will accomplish all God has set out for us to do. For he, our God, is with us. It is this God that we are called to make our trust. Welcome to today's episode on Jeremiah 17, verses 1-10. through 10 a changed life, and a change of heart. I'm so glad you could join us as we study these verses and claim for ourselves God's promise to change our hearts and our lives. Today, Jeremiah will bring us face to face with our desperate need for belief and trust in God totally, trusting Him with everything and trusting Him above all else. Let's pray. Father, We give thanks for your word. May you bless our study and guide us. Father, open our hearts to your healing. Open us to trust in you with all our being. Guide us that we may know you are our trust. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin, let's meet the man who has brought us the words of our father. Let's meet Jeremiah, the priest and prophet. Briefly, Jeremiah prophesied over a 40-year time span. He brought God's message to a people who would not listen. The northern kingdom of Israel had fallen to the Assyrians about a hundred years before Jeremiah's ministry, and the southern kingdom of Judah was to fall to the Babylonians due to their ongoing and unrepentant sin against God. Jeremiah was extremely unpopular as he carried this message. Very much like us today, those in Jeremiah's time did not want to deal with their sin and with their unfaithfulness to God, much less even think that it might come with a consequence. They, like us, liked their sin, and Jeremiah's message put him in direct opposition to the priests, kings, prophets, and people of the time so much so that his life was often in danger. Not only was Jeremiah a man who was given the foresight of what would happen to his land and his people, but he was also to live through it. The day Jeremiah's prophesying came to fruition, the day Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians, the day the temple was destroyed, Jeremiah and the people he loved found themselves in the midst of great loss and great devastation. 
This was the day Jeremiah was brought to the edge. And tradition tells us that on this day, Jeremiah left the city and went to a cave, currently called the Grotto of Jeremiah. This cave overlooked the city of Jerusalem as it lay in ruins. It was from this cave, they say Jeremiah's cries could be heard across his fallen land as he wept bitterly. And this is the same cave under Golgotha, the same hill on which Jesus would be crucified. So very much like Jeremiah, you and I can find ourselves brought to an edge. The edge that comes when we face a personal devastation. It's at this time that we just cannot imagine how we're going to take another step and that our belief and trust in God is what gets us through. It's at this time we come to a place in our life that God can use to touch the deepest parts of us. It's at this time we enter and experience a sacred story. Our sacred stories wrap us in the truth of God, the knowing of God beyond our religious words, the knowing of God in the deepest of ways. This is the point in our lives where God meets us at the edge and carries us back and surrounds us with his presence and we begin to know the depths of a personal walk with our God as our Lord and Savior. We understand as never before the importance of our belief and our trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. We understand that through our belief and trust in God, our personal devastations and our lives are transformed, and we know that our God is a life-changing God. And our trust and belief is our hope, and our trust is God. Let's go now to the words of our Lord as they're given to us through his prophet Jeremiah, and listen as Jeremiah speaks God's words into our lives today. Let's read together Jeremiah 17, verses 1 through 10. Here's the word of our Lord. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with a point of diamond. It is engraved on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. While their children remember their altars and their Asherim, beside every green tree and on the high hills and on the mountains in the open country, your wealth and all your treasures I will give for spoil as the price of your high places for sin throughout all your territory. You shall loosen your hand from your heritage that I gave you, and I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you do not know. For in my anger a fire is kindled that shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? But I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. Today's scripture can be studied in three sections, verses 1 through 4, 5 through 8, and 9 and 10. The first section deals with the sin of idols and the depth of sin in our heart. The second section talks with us about our trust and belief in God. And the last section focuses on the condition of our hearts. All three sections serve to bring us to the realization of the depth of our need for God. And when we truly get this, when we understand the importance of living lives that trust in God, that's when our lives and our hearts will be changed. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with a point of diamond. It is engraved on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. This is how this section begins in verse 1. And here in verse 1, we begin to get an understanding of the human heart, as Jeremiah tells us. He says, Our human hearts are hard, and sin is written on them with a pen of iron and a point of diamond. The heart is so hard that only a diamond, the hardest naturally occurring substance on earth, can write on them. And what is engraved in our hearts is sin. A hard heart is one that does not trust in or obey God. So how are we to overcome this? Our hearts are not naturally inclined to follow and obey our God. And it's not until we understand this and seek God through his word and God seeks us through his grace that our hearts can change. As our hearts change, we become free to choose what is good and right in God's eyes. We become free from the bondage of sin. Now verse 1 goes on to tell us that the sin is also engraved on the horns of their altars. Well, the horns were the place of sacrifice on the altar. It was the place that the people brought their sacrifices to atone for their sin. So the people could not bring a sacrifice able to take away the sin because it was etched on the horns. No sacrifice would atone for the repeated sins of Judah that were engraved on their hearts and on their altars. Jeremiah is presenting a desperate human condition. As we go on to verses 2 to 4, we come to see that the people are worshiping idols and turning from God everywhere, on every high hill, in the mountains, and in the open country, and next to every green tree. In all the places where they were to worship God, they were worshiping idols, and they were erecting Asherah poles. And not only were the people doing this, they were teaching their children to do this as well. Asherah was a Canaanite goddess, and people would make little figurines or poles or trees where they would go to worship her. So in all the places where the people were to remember their God and worship him, they were worshiping their idols instead. In their hard hearts, they were turning from God. As we come to verses 3 and 4, 
God is telling the people that since this is what you want, all of your wealth and treasures and the promised land that I have given you, I will take. This makes us realize that all we have is from God. And what are we doing with it? Are we thanking God? Or are we giving our worship to idols? Since all we have is from God, without God we stand to lose everything of true worth in our lives. As we come to verses 5 through 8, Jeremiah is explaining to us two ways of life. A life lived with trust and belief in God, and a life lived without trust and with unbelief. Unbelief is when we trust in and lean on anything other than God. God sets up a picture of this life, this life choice, by using contrast between a life that is blessed and a life that is cursed. Verse 5 begins by telling us that cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from God. So as we put our trust in ourselves, in man, and in our own strength, thereby turning away from trusting in our God, verse 6 describes what this looks like. It says, He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come, but he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. As we trust in man, and in ourselves, we become like shrubs in the desert. Now, shrubs can live for a time in the desert, but they cannot sustain that kind of life. Eventually, the elements and the reality of desert life overcome them. How many times do the conditions of our lives feel as if they're going to overcome our ability to cope and sustain all that life throws at us? And maybe we're surviving, but we're not flourishing. Something is missing. How many times, as we are relying on our own strength, do we fall in this life? How many times does our own strength give way? So what is missing in a desert is obviously water. And water represents God's word, his life-giving spirit in us. And without this, Jeremiah tells us, we will not see any good come. And we all have experienced times when it seems that we can't see the good, when our focus is on our problems and all that's wrong. But with Christ central in our lives and our focus on him, we can see the good that permeates our lives. We can see past our circumstances and see the blessings that our God sends our way. If we are not trusting in God, we will miss every one of these, and life will be hard. Our lives will be parched, and we'll be thirsting, and nothing good will seem to come from our lives, just like the uninhabited salt lands where nothing can grow. Verses 7 and 8 contrast the life described in verses 5 and 6. The life without trust to a life with trust in God. They show us what it means to be blessed and what trust in God is and looks like. Verse 7 is powerfully beautiful verse, and we need to pay special attention to it. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, 
whose trust is the Lord. Now stop for a moment and look closely with me at this verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Notice what two words are repeated, trust and Lord. And repetition in Hebrew is significant. Trust in English is different from how the Hebrew language used it. In Hebrew, there are far fewer words than in English. So words carried meaning beyond the written and or spoken word and into the sensory. So the Hebrew words depended on the nuances of the words surrounding them for additional clarity and meaning. As we look at verse 7, what word surrounds the word trust? Well, that's the word Lord. This leads us to know that it is not just that we trust in the Lord, but that the Lord is our trust. So sit with this verse. Go back and think about it when the study's over and sense and come to know that your trust is the Lord. It's in the act of trusting that we are blessed. This is God's work in us, and it often defies explanation as to how this happens. But in the process of trusting, God blesses us. When we say trust is the Lord, it carries an all-encompassing picture that we trust God 100%. We trust him with everything and with every part of our lives. So what does this look like? It is our hearts turned to God, focused on God, knowing God, following God, seeking God, obeying God, and submitting to his will. Now, if we do this, let's not think that our lives are going to be a panacea. We tend to think in if and then terms. For example, if I trust in God, then this or that will happen. Usually, the this or that we may expect involves good things that we believe will come into our lives. Maybe even being able to lead a more trouble-free life. Yet our Bible, God's words, do not ever lie to us. And Scripture tells us trouble and trials will come to us in this life. As we come to verse 8, look with me at what Jeremiah tells us about the one who trusts in God and is blessed. He says, He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves will remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. He's telling us that the heat will come, and the year of drought will come. Jeremiah does not say, if the heat and drought come. He says to us, when they come. But when we're grounded and planted by the water, again, water being the Lord's word and spirit, we have our roots and our trust anchored in God, and we will not need to fear or be anxious. We will be sustained through the hard times that will come in our life. Psalm 16.8 says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. When we are in 100% that our trust is God, we will not be shaken. 
Jeremiah gives us a beautiful picture as he describes the leaves of the tree remaining green and the tree continuing to bear fruit regardless of the times of heat and drought. How does this fit into and play out in our lives? Well, it's through the witness of our trust in God and our confidence and belief in God that we can be like the green leaves, able to give shade, able to give relief and hope to those in need. So instead of our absorbing and needing from others, we can give to others in their need. We can be strong, we can be forgiving, and we can be faithful regardless of our circumstances because God is our trust and is seeing us through this life. Our leaves will remain green and continue to bear fruit we will be able to provide shade and comfort to those suffering in life's storms, in the heat and the drought of life's desert times. We can bear witness that our trust is in God and God will sustain us. As we trust in God and commit our lives to him 100%, scripture tells us more of what this trust looks like. In Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, we are told, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. In Psalm 40, verse 4, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. God is our truth. He is our trust. Psalm 34, 8. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Proverbs sixteen twenty, Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. And lastly, Isaiah thirty eighteen. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And remember, to wait for the Lord means to trust in the Lord. When God is our trust, there is no place we can go that is beyond God's grace and mercy for us. As we come to the end of today's scripture, verses 9 through 10, we come to a very important conclusion, a very important piece of information that we all need to know. Verse 9 tells us that our hearts are deceitful above all things. It tells us our hearts are desperately sick and we cannot understand them. Now let's stop and think for a minute about what our world has to say about our hearts. How many times do we hear, follow your heart? Do what feels right in your heart, or your heart will know what is right. We can see that our worldview of our heart is entirely different than a biblical view of our heart. And if we follow the world's view, we will get into trouble easily, as the world's view represents our self-sufficiency and our doing what feels right to us. In this way, we're not trusting in God but we are doing life our way based on what feels right to us. There are times probably for all of us 
when we say, yes, you know, I, I trust in God, I believe in God, but yet we're really following our own hearts. We're wanting what we want when we want it and doing what feels right to us at the moment versus trusting in and waiting on God. Scripture clearly tells us that without God, our hearts are sick. They are deceitful, and we cannot know them. One of the things that really struck me was in addition to the condition of our heart, we also live in a fallen world. We know in this world Satan attacks us every chance he can get. And within our hearts, well, they can't be trusted to lead us. So we are bombarded from outside and from inside with so many things, including our feelings and emotions, that take us from God and living the blessed life that God wants for us. This cries out to us about our desperate need for God in all we do. We do not even know our own hearts, so how can our hope and trust be in ourselves or in man? Without Christ, we are truly lost. But Jeremiah in verse 10 tells us, that God knows our hearts, that God searches our hearts and our emotions. And our God of mercy and grace, he can see past our heart problems and take us past them as he brings our hearts to a place of greater trust and belief in him. Navigating our hearts through this world must be done with God as he guides us and supplies our needs and sustains us through this fallen world. Our God and our trust in him will carry us as no other can through our times of heat and our times of drought. He will enable us as the tree planted by his stream, by his water, to stand strong through the hard times of this life. Isaiah 57, 18 and 19 tell us, I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. As we close today's study, I leave you with God's word in Psalm seventy-three, twenty-six: My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Just as Jeremiah was brought to the edge of himself, so will we, each of us, one day be brought to the edge of ourselves as we face a personal devastation. But we can trust in God every day for all our needs, and we can trust He will be there to carry us back from our edge. Thanks for sharing in today's study. And until next time, praise God and God bless the God who is our trust.